Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, Foxborough football fans? I am Kyrie Thompson, and I am back with yet another episode of First and Foxborough. Before we get going any further, make sure that you download, subscribe, listen to this show on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me at KDThompson5 and follow the show account at First in Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O on Twitter. Big couple of days coming down the pipeline down in Foxborough with roster cuts for the 53-man roster coming up Tuesday afternoon. Got to be cut down to 53 people by 4 p.m. And even after that, you never know what kinds of things might happen. You might see some surprise cuts coming from other teams that find their way onto the Patriots roster. That pretty much always happens. And then there's going to be that agonizing period where you find out if your favorite player who got cut ends up on the Patriots practice squad or ends up someplace else. So yeah, going to be a busy week down there this week. In the meantime, wanted to do a little bit of post-mortem on the preseason, what we've been seeing from the Patriots offense in particular, and how worried you should be about the way the offense looks. The wheels got turning for me this weekend when I was talking to Brian Barrett, who was formerly of WEEI and now has a cool podcast called Off the Pike with the Ringer 
Podcast Network, which you should definitely check out. Make sure you check out the episode that I did with him that dropped on Sunday. And it's it's really been like this all weekend after taking stock of what the first team offense did on Friday in the four series that they were out on the field. Just really didn't look very good for most of it. They came away with three points at the end, but even that didn't end on a satisfactory note. And then, of course, there were the three series of action that the offense had the Friday before that against the Carolina Panthers at Gillette Stadium in preseason week two. Some of the offensive line configurations they were playing around with weren't completely, you know, their their full complement of guys. You have to go ahead and, and bring that up, though you did see the guys that you would expect in there with the first team this past Friday against the Raiders and, well, didn't look a whole lot better than what it did before. And, I mean, the, the questions continue to be why. Why does it look like this? Why does Mac Jones' pocket presence look considerably worse consistently than it did last season when he was a rookie? And, I mean, he was just out there, um, you know, even through the growing pains, just generally looked like a competent NFL player. Not that he looks, you know, completely incompetent right now. I mean, his worst is still starting caliber or at least replacement level when it comes to the NFL, I would say. I mean, he still made some plays on that fourth drive, getting out. Um, you know, he had three first down completions on that drive. One of them was a fourth down completion to Kendrick Bourne to move the chains in the situation. And then he, he made a pass to Hunter Henry. That was nice on the move. It's just that, look, on, on a on a consistent basis, when, when you take into account everything that we've seen, Mac Jones just hasn't looked quite like the Mac Jones of old. The one that we're used to, the one that steps up in the pocket against pressure, the one who doesn't beat himself with a lot of unforced errors. Like, okay, maybe he doesn't throw the ball as deep as you want all the time, and maybe the arm strength isn't Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence level, and he's not making those wow throws, but generally, like, he just plays competent football, right? And, and, he, and he plays solid, smart, heady football that moves the chains and puts you in position to score points. Like, that's what Mac Jones did as a rookie. And it just feels like he's beating himself more than he usually does. And the offensive line, obviously, we got to talk about the run game and the missed assignments they've had. Like that second play from scrimmage against the Raiders where they, they ran the outside zone to Ramondre Stevenson. And both double teams that they tried to do at the point of attack failed. One of them was just straight up. It was David Andrews, I think, needed to get up to the second level. And he didn't. The linebacker that he was supposed to block comes through and and chases things down backside. And then on the front side, the Isaiah Wynn-Trent Brown double team doesn't touch anybody. And the guy just comes in scot-free. Like, that, the easiest play that guy's probably ever made in his life, Luke Masterson on that tackle. And then, of course, well, Luke Masterson later had the easiest interception he's probably had in his life because Mac Jones just straight up threw him the ball later. But, okay, there's just systemically this offense has problems. Okay, it doesn't look very good. It's not the end of the world that it's not looking good during preseason or during training camp. There's just a whole other vibe to the regular season. Lawrence Guy was actually talking about that on WEEI on Monday morning. It's just, look, by the time they get into it, they're going to have the, the real season. They're going to have their whole offense installed. They're going to have a better idea of what they want to do as a team. What works, what doesn't. Right now, they're, they're preaching fundamentals and just getting experience and working on the little things. It's not satisfying to hear that. It's really not. You want to see this look like a well-oiled machine. You do not want to continue seeing blown assignments on the offensive line or Mac Jones getting happy feet in the pocket and just looking more like a rookie than he ever looked like 
in you know his his actual rookie season. You don't want to see stuff like that. That said, is it in, is it that said is it time to to bust open the, the the case and hit the panic button yet? It's still not. It's still not. I also want to talk a little bit about the scheme, right? Like what the Patriots are actually doing, particularly in the run game, because we've now seen this for like more than a month now that the offense can't run the football when they run outside zone. It just, it it has not worked consistently. And I mean, more often than not, you're just seeing people coming in through freely like they did on Friday or, okay, great. Like you, you finally got a play that looks well blocked. Oh, got called back for a holding penalty. That must've been why it actually worked because you had to commit a penalty to make it work. But look, a lot of people are saying like, look, you can see, you can see it they can see it too. The Patriots know that it's not working, right? And they're, they're trying to figure out why. At the same time, you know, a lot of people are saying, why don't you just throw it out the window and just go back to running completely all the old stuff, run it in the phone booth, run it just straight between the hashes, forget all this outside stuff. I mean, from a logical standpoint, that doesn't make any sense and no team does that. But everybody can see that it's not working And people can see that it works when they run power up the middle or they run inside zone right up the gut. For whatever reason, just running up the middle works for this Patriots team better than running around the edge does. But I I want to tell you something when it comes to the scheme and how long is it going to be until the Patriots, you know, just, just forget all this new stuff they're trying to run and just go back to all the old stuff. I'll tell you right now. It's not like they've completely abandoned the old stuff for the new stuff anyway. Before I jumped on that Ringer podcast with Brian Barrett, I looked up something on Pro Football Focus that I had dug into earlier in the season when I first realized that the Patriots were really going in on outside runs during training camp and and wanted to get an idea of what it looked like last year. How much of a departure would it actually be? What I found was in 59 charted runs, by Pro Football Focus, where they actually broke it down, like, okay, was this gap or was this zone? 59 charted runs, the Patriots ran 27 run plays to their running backs that would be classified as a zone run, whether inside or outside zone. And they ran 32 runs that would be considered gap runs, like duo or power or something like that. So what that should tell you is, look, this idea that oh, they're, they're just completely changing everything and going to completely new offense and, and, and all of that. Not actually true in practice. They are still running some of those old school Patriots concepts. And you can see it in a game. Once they started doing that more in the second drive, it, the offense looked like it was working a little bit. I mean, again, in particular, it's not just about, oh, well, you know, they stopped running zone. They ran inside zone well, too. They, they went straight downhill, got north and south rather than going east and west. I think that's really the key, perhaps, more than, oh, well, they can't run any kind of zone play. I think it's just the way that the offensive zone looks or maybe the way that they're blocking it where they can't get the assignments down and maybe it doesn't fit skill sets as well as you want it to. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And I also took a look at what they did last year to get a little bit more context for how they ran the football, and not surprisingly, this was actually both in the 2021 preseason and the 2021 regular season, they were overwhelmingly gap-heavy with their runs. I believe I saw 369 charted carries for their halfbacks, 
last year via Pro Football Focus that were either gap or zone that they were called. 292 of those carries were gap-style runs for Patriots running backs during the regular season last year. That's about 79% of their runs were in, in they were gap-oriented. In preseason, it was about 81%. And again, limited sample size, but but there's something consistent there. Last year, they ran a lot of gap plays. And I mean, I've heard from, from people talking about Josh McDaniels that maybe he just wasn't that into running zone stuff. And perhaps this was a year where, okay, look, if we want to widen things out a little bit and, and really attack every blade of grass and not just have it be, okay, outside power or crack toss or something like that. If we really want to get on the edge and get people in space, we can do it a little bit differently by doing more outside zones. And then that obviously opens up boot play action that you see in a lot of these Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan types of schemes from, from the old days is the boot play action that gets the defense flowing the wrong way and it creates easy completions for the offense. That's something that we've seen at points during training camp that I think actually looks pretty good when when they've been able to, to get it all blocked up right. So, I mean, I don't want to see them completely throw that stuff out the window. I want to see them continue to rep it and get it to where it's usable in a game because I think that stuff opens up easy plays for your offense to move the chains. All that being said, look, all this idea and, and, and the fretting about everything is completely changing and they're abandoning everything that they've done in the past. I just don't think that's true. The evidence does not bear that out. And there are a couple of different reasons that might be. Number one, Balance might have been what they were going for all along. And as much as I saw a lot of outside zone being repped in minicamp and in training camp and all of that, this idea that, oh yeah, they're all of a sudden going to become an outside zone team and that's what you need to hang your hat on and, and that's where this is all heading, I really saw it as a move toward balance. Because last year they were so unbalanced in the way that they ran the football. And sure, they ran it very well. Right? They, were, they were one of the better rushing teams in the NFL, but to add more variety and take advantage of your back's skill sets more often. like For example, I think a good outside zone running scheme could be really good for Ramondre Stevenson. It fits his quick feet and the way that he cuts it back and his vision. Right, I think that's good. That's good stuff that you should want your offense to run. That said, the idea that they were going to completely just overhaul it to the point where, oh yeah, we're not running gap anymore... I mean, given what you've heard about how long it takes to really master a system like that, to throw the gap concepts completely out the window, that was never going to happen to me. And I mean, again, the fact that they run them well. So I think that it's more of a, look, let's stay balanced and let's keep defenses on their toes because look, gap runs and zone runs at, at certain points at the point of attack can look very similar and that's how you can you can kind of fool people and into not exactly know what you're doing so i think that it's a good thing to have that balance the other way to think about it is look maybe they do realize that this is just not working right now with the zone running scheme and they're saying look okay and they're saying look if we need to get back to running gap then we should run it a lot 
just so that you have a feel for it. You know that you can, you know that you can do it, and you've seen the ball go through the net, so to speak, to use some basketball parlance. Like you, you have the confidence in knowing that you can run it, and we can turn, we can turn to this at any time. And I felt like they would do that in training camp at times as well, where yeah, they would rep outside zone, outside zone, outside zone to both sides, and then they would sprinkle in a gap play here and there, and it'd be like, oh, well, that looked better. Almost to say, look, okay, we are going to drill this. We got to get this outside zone stuff down. We got to get these assignments right. Get your fundamentals down with it. But look, you know you can run gap. We know that you can run gap. And if we have to do it, then we're going to be ready to do it. So I think the way this is trending right now is you're probably going to see more of a mixture than what you did last year. Maybe it ends up being more 60-40 gap versus zone runs, but... I think that being able to just have that in your quiver makes defenses have to think more about it. You're not just running, you know, in the proverbial phone booth and the defense knows that, okay, well, they're just going to come straight downhill. So we're going to load the box and we're going to try and get at you that way. You want to make sure the defenses can't key on what you're doing every single time, because eventually, as it happened at the end of last year, the running game got shut down a bit and everything kind of went to hell. So Yes, you want to stay more diverse. The other thing is, if you want those RPOs, those read option kinds of plays, well, I mean, those are a lot of a lot of zone kinds of concepts that they need to be able to run and at least be able to give the defense a look and then sling it out into the flat in a bubble screen or hit you on a quick slant or something like that. So you have to be able to run those plays in order for the easy stuff for Mac Jones to be able to function, okay? So what I would say is, yeah, it doesn't look very good right now. There's no denying that. And it's probably not going to look that great in week one. And it's probably not going to look that great for the first four-ish games of the season. But eventually, you're going to get into the mid part of the schedule. And you're going to get to play the Jets. You're going to get to play the Browns without Deshaun Watson. You're going to get to play the Chicago Bears. And you're probably going to rack up some wins in that sector of things. And then by the end of the season, when you have that gauntlet, where you got to go through the Cardinals and the Raiders, and the Bills, and the Dolphins again, and the Bengals, and you got to deal with all that stuff. Hopefully by then, this offense is going to have an idea of, of what it wants to be, how it wants to get things done, and it'll the operation will look smoother. But all I'll say is right now, it's not great, but there is still time, plenty of time to get things right. And again, the Patriots know what's working and what's not working right now. And they have shown signs, especially in the run game, of being adaptable enough to change over to that old stuff to get them the yards when they need it. That's all I got for today. I'm going to be checking back in with you tomorrow morning ahead of cut down day. Remember that deadline for getting things down to the 53-man roster is 4 p.m. on Tuesday. And we can get into maybe some surprise cuts. Who is going to miss out that you wanted to see make the team who you want to get on the practice squad by Wednesday and who might you see on the 53-man roster at least to start that you didn't expect I'm Kyrie Thompson this is first in Foxborough download subscribe listen on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts I'll see you tomorrow